Welcome back to the Growing Band Director Podcast. That was Bye Bye Blackbird, arranged by Mark Taylor. This is our fourth uh, episode in the series of six um, here with Terry White, where we're looking at grade one to grade three repertoire for you. Yeah, Bye Bye Blackbird. It's a great chart. It's uh, very accessible for a good, solid middle school band. Um, great sight reading material for, for high school. And one of those charts you should just have in your book for those occasions when uh, a high school group has the, you know, playing for the senior citizens or the community, um, teaches the great bassy style. And uh, to play that well, though, is not an, it's not it's not an easy chart. Oh, I mean, gosh, that's a hard no. for, that's a hard to, you know, I recently this summer, I uh, covered a, an adult jazz history class for Mike Saycash, and it was about bassy. And we were talking about the style and how to achieve it. And I, I referenced a story that Don Doan had told me when he was on the road with Maynard Ferguson uh, back in the 60s. He had a couple of weeks off, so he subbed on the Basie band. And Don's a great musician, but you know the Maynard band was on the front part of the beat, where Basie's band was behind the beat. Mm -hmm. And Don would say, 
I tried to almost drag and I still felt like I was rushing. So you could take a chart like this where the kids aren't so focused on the technical um, challenges of the chart. Mm -hmm. and they can actually listen to what's going on around. Um, and the few times I've had to clinic this, that's the style I, I tell the kids in the rhythm section, you're gonna lay down the time and the horns, you're gonna try to get the rhythm section to drag, but rhythm section, you're not gonna allow that to happen. It's, they start thinking and listening more to each, to each other and you get them to, to lay back. And then, then you can carry that on to other styles, other charts, you yep. know, about laying back. But um, yeah, there's been some funny interpretations of that, that particular style, but this, this chart's just beautiful. Yeah, me. you know, a little bit of piano stuff too. I've done that with a, a kind of a newer piano, but they're a classical piano player. So a, yeah, that, all that stuff's pretty written out. That works well on that chart. And even though they can, you know, they might have the chops to do both hands mm -hmm. you know there are times basie only played with his right hand yeah. or his left hand yeah. you could have him just just play the right hand on this chart you know just to see how that works for you speaking of ballads um actually there's two charts that we're not featuring because we couldn't get the the video portion to happen of it but i suggest people check out first let's just talk for a second about um, your chart past my bedtime yeah that was like the second chart i ever ever had published um and that came from a a much more difficult chart I had done for my big band. It was just an original, and it was about just laying back, a little darling style. It, one of the things I recommend to directors, if they've been teaching, you know, more than ten years, more than twenty years, you know, you might need to be have some fresher material as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can only teach little darling so many times before mentally you're probably jarring. Yeah. You're getting lazy. You know, it's you've heard it so many times. Um, and you, you almost know exactly where the, the point is the kid's going to mess up mm -hmm. and you almost tell him before he gets the chance to mess it up. Um, so if you get a, some material in the same vein, I think it keeps the director, you know, fresh. I think um, there's another chart here right afterwards that we couldn't, uh, again, if people go listen to you can't, but we can't do the score and sound for you. This is St. James Infirmary arranged by Tom Davis. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found this chart a couple of years ago. It starts with acapella trombone section, very bluesy. And uh, the, the, the chart's just awesome. It's a, like a contemporary take on the tune, but also still very traditional. It's in the green cover series, so it's kind of on the harder two level, but it, it's a great uh, traditional jazz tune, as people probably know. And if they don't know the tune, they should check it out. Um, so the Tom Davis arrangement is really yeah, good. It's a very cool ensemble section towards the end, too. Yeah, um, yeah very neat. And again, it's, it's a tune kids should be familiar with, not so much in terms of jazz repertoire, but jazz history. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that part at the end you're talking about is uh, I think kind of almost like a twelve eight kind of kind of swing thing. Mm -hmm. um, all right, the next tune we're going to look at is a great ballad um, on the who did the big arrangement of Here's That Rainy Day? That's Dave Bardoon, right? Or um, D Barton? D Barton. D Barton, right? That's right. like the grade five in D flat or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's a Rick Stitzel version of Here's That Rainy Day, which everything's written out. There's some solos written out and stuff. Um, this is a great grade two ballad. It kind of. It kind of moves along and also allows students to hear some historical tune uh, as well. So let's take a listen to uh, Here's That Rainy Day, ar arranged by Rick Stitzel.
that here's that rainy day chart is such a great chart. I mean, I remember tuning those opening concert C's and we were using flugels and everything. And <laughs> it's just, it's just great, you know, Stan Kenton literature, but for the young band. And again, a great way to introduce Stan Kenton to middle school kids, because they're not going to see this only by accident. And I think we really owe it to them from a historical standpoint to introduce these, these big bands. Can I correct something? You said middle school kids. There's a lot of high school kids who should play this. Oh, and music teachers. Yeah. You know, um, the adult class that I mentioned, they, they were roughly my age, given, given a few years. And I asked how many people had seen the Basie band live, not a one. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, you know, people my, I've seen Basie multiple times live. But, you know, thank God for, for YouTube. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Kenton band is, it's really important because it's a different type of jazz than, say, Basie. You know, yep. it's a very orchestrated jazz. All right, our next chart is arranged by Michael Sweeney. This one's a great chart in Afro Blue. I've actually done this chart without the four bar intro, but also with it uh, as is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, like I said, it's been a challenge sometimes to teach kids how to play in, in three, four without it sounding, you know, hammering on one all the time. It just plods through, but this chart really works. Um, you get the kids to sort of lighten up a little bit on that. Yep. Just think one, two, three, one, instead of one, two, three, one. And a chart like this too, if you have a drummer who's not super comfortable yet, like even if they just play ride cymbal, the, right. the chart works. They don't have to play the whole drum set. Correct. Right. You don't have to thump bass drum on one and hi-hat yeah. on, on two and three. Yeah. You know, yeah. All right. Chart. Let's check it out. Here's uh, Afro Blue arranged by Michael Sweeney.
Yeah, it's a very hip. The introductions is is very cool. And throughout the chart, and I think we mentioned it earlier on Jive Samba and some other things that, you know, good writers will use those tensions, those ninths, and and have those dissonances. But it does present some some challenges in terms of playing playing in tune. But it's very important. It makes a difference in that chart. Um, and what I like too is the the parts are authentically notated to play in that style. I mean, there are a lot of Latin charts out there that just Latin. Well, that's that's huge. And I, I'm that's on, like saying food. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I'm on on pins and needles sometimes. My my latest chart that just came out is Latin, and I just hope you know that Michelle Fernandez is is authorizes everything I did that, to be authentic, not yeah. sound like some guy from Maine trying to write Latin. You know, so that's what's nice about this chart. If the kids play the part. It, yeah. it'll sound appropriate and there's room for some auxiliary percussion in there too mm -hmm. if you have more percussionists right so again that tune could be a second tune that tune could be a third tune mm -hmm. probably even a first tune yeah okay next tune uh is another mic come off arrangement we uh on another episode did the tune sticks which is a 14 bar blues this one is uh, a tune that's also latin jazz or it's like a straight ahead jazz but then it goes to swing uh as well this is called sack of woe which along with John Mackey's Asphalt Cocktail are two of my favorite titles I've ever heard. I'm not sure what a sack of woe really is, but it's uh, kind of refers to some sad times, I guess. I would, I would think that's a, <laughs> that's a cannonball tune, right? Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I guess the, the terminology back then, you know, for us today is um, a, a little bizarre, but um, uh, yeah, the sack of woe is the whole woe is me type Yep. type thing so in a bag full of it you're carrying all your your baggage <laughs> with you so all right let's check it out here Saka will arrange my mic came off
it's kind of got like that surfing USA vibe to it. Um, one thing I've noticed, it is a grade two, but it's a long chart. I mean, it's four and a half minutes. If you do, I think when I did it, I took that shell chorus once instead mm -hmm. of twice. Um, well, it is a, it's a sixties tune, yep. you know, that's my generation, you know, it's a, when I was a kid, um, we just mentioned in, in passing that very rarely do we ever, um, play a recording of the chart prior to the kids initially reading it. But here's a case where if you played that chart, uh, they would probably get the articulations, not even knowing they were doing, you know, that would uh, be very helpful for them. Yeah. And not even say anything, just play the chart and see what happens. One thing you can do on this chart too, I believe there's a sack of woe solo out there by Cannonball. That's transcription. That's not very hard. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people, um, do that chart, but insert that transcription and have the whole saxophone section play that. Mm -hmm. Just a great chance to play some some cannonball language. i think with any transcribed solo you don't necessarily have to play the entire solo yeah i mean good soloists start you know they, they save the good stuff for the end so yeah. you know you can do some things from the beginning of the solos yeah do a chorus do the sure. first chorus sure yeah and that's that's an overall thing like if you're doing a standard tune always look at the recordings and you go and listen to the original solos and if you think you can do it try to find the transcription yeah go online again in one of our earlier episodes we talked about um get on email and 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 ask your friends does anybody have any of these solos mm -hmm. that are out there that you might not find online because some of you might have one in their file cabinet yep. like, you know yep. um like the pedito chart that i spent many hours transcribing that opening thing and then chris holds us said geez i've got that in my file cabinet so it's it it pays to ask. put that request out there yep. yes Cool. All right. We have two more charts left on this episode. The next one is from Sound of Music, My Favorite Things, arranged by Paul Murtha. Um, great writer over uh, in concert band as well as jazz band. This one's an F minor. I've done this one a couple times because it's just great for three, four, right? Mm -hmm. Just getting kids to play in three is a, a whole thing. It, it is. Yeah. And the solo section is pretty basic. I think it, what is it? F minor, D flat. And then I know it moves through the, the cycle after that, but they can basically stay in F minor throughout. And, mm -hmm. and, and if they know the tune, they can improvise off that. And you might want to have them um, avoid initially listening to the Coltrane version because yes. that's going to be totally different. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the one everyone goes to. You know? mm -hmm. That's the, um, the most iconic version of this tune in a jazz idiom anyway. Yeah. And what's great too, is if you use it, I mean, not only is it three, four, but the parents know it, people know it. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to teach them that Ariana Grande did not write this song. She just <laughs> covered it. So, all right, let's check it out. My favorite things arranged by Paul Murtha.
also prepare yourself for the trumpets to miss E flat like the first six <laughs> times it comes up on that one. Well, there's a case uh, like the earlier Mike Sweeney chart and Mark Taylor's chart. A good writer will not stay away from using tensions. It's very hip sounding. I mean, there's some challenges for the director in terms of, you know, getting the kids to understand what their role is. Um, back in college, Herb Palmer would always point out to somebody, you know, the lower half of a you know, lower part in the half step, there's mm -hmm. a play up to it. So mm -hmm. we hear it. Don't kids sometimes will back away because they think the note sounds uh, wrong to them. Mm -hmm. and so it'll sound even worse if they back away. Um, but it, when played well, those charts sound so hip and they're not, it's not technically hard. They just sound so cool. You know? And obviously that one featured the trumpets. So mm -hmm. if you have a young trumpet section, that might not be the chart for you. But yeah. I mean, cause the GD that jump a lot, that's going to be crack, crack right. city unless they're sure. decent players. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, everybody's situation is different and every year it varies. I mm -hmm. mean, we can always say probably globally, we struggle with trombones. And so we tend to pick our music you know, to deal with those weaknesses. Um, trumpets sometimes, you know, saxes, we always try to go after the, the sax solis and, and all of that stuff. So you, you, you build your library and you're not gonna use, you know, these charts maybe next year, but it could be the year after. If, if they're in your library, um, they're accessible, you could try them. Gee, that worked out better than I thought and let's go with it. But I think some of us, need to get away from the the three tune mentality that you know and, it, and that a lot of that has to do with rehearsal time I, mm -hmm. I get that but i think if you're planning ahead and planning for beyond festival season you know have a couple of charts that are easy i know my kids at cape middle school you know mr white we're going to do a gig you know whether it was just playing for the senior citizens or in the mornings before school we would play in the alcove of the the corridors as the kids were coming to school and, and the kids dug it and they the kids listening to the jazz band kids they were rock stars um and but the charts had to be relatively you know easy that mm -hmm. we could put together um so I, I think it's important build that build the book up the last chart we're going to listen to for this session, again, if you've enjoyed this, check out the other ones as well. We have one at grade one, one at grade two, two of these at grade two and a half. So I guess that would be three at grade two, wouldn't it? That would be how that math works. And then we have two that are going to be in the grade three and 3.5 as well. Um, this last one, again, is by Mike Kamuff. This is of the Green series. This is his tune on Fred, his chart on Freddie Hubbard's tune, Little Sunflower. What's great about Little Sunflower is that it's two two chords. The A section is D minor, and the the, B, the bridge is E flat minor. Um, so it's great for improvisation. I used a vocalist on this once, mm -hmm. and uh, it's great. Again, it's a longer chart, so if you hear it and you want to do it, you, you could even look at how you could make it a little bit shorter. I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's that's something to think about. I mean, uh, just looking at the YouTube video, it's five minutes long, mm -hmm. right? So sure. Um, but it's a great chart. Yeah, in terms of programming, five minutes isn't long on a program. But rehearsal but, time. But, but if you have young trumpet players sure. and they're playing on a five minute tune, right? For some bands, that's two and a half minutes too long. Yeah, it is. And again, this this chart and the particular tune we we were talking about previously about those added tensions to the writing that make it sound so hip. It, to me, it would be very vanilla sounding if we had to remove those because we're afraid they weren't going to mm -hmm. be played correctly. So. What I like about this chart is the feel that he uses. It's not straight ahead bossa. It's like, if I remember correctly, it's kind of like a halftime funk kind of mm -hmm. groove in there. So here's Little Sunflower arranged by Mike Kemoff. <laughs> 
We sincerely appreciate you taking your valuable time and listening to the Growing Band Director podcast. Your students are very lucky to have a band director like you. If you have any suggestions for episode topics or think you have an area of expertise to share on a show with us, please reach out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Growing Band Director. See you next week.